Welcome to The Biggest Winner with David Hochberg. Welcome to The Biggest Winners Podcast. My name is David Hochberg. I am your host. You could go to WGNDavid.com for all of my information. And on the line is real estate attorney and trust planning expert, David Schluter, friend of mine, personal friend of mine, does all of my legal transactions when I, whenever I do anything re, re, revolving around real estate. And uh, Dave, there's um, you, you had a couple of situations recently pop up that you wanted to do a podcast about to let our listeners know the importance of being careful when they're looking to buy or sell a home. Why don't you talk about, you, you want to talk about two topics, so bring up the first one now, and then we'll roll into the second one after we cover the first one. What's the first topic that you want to cover today, my friend? I, yeah, I want to bring clarity to our buyers who cannot purchase without getting the proceeds out of their sale, meaning they can't afford two homes at once. Uh, many of the agents don't understand it, and I want to bring clarity so that somebody listening to this will say, well, that makes sense. When you go to buy a home, your loan officer at Pearl is going to need to know that you, first of all, can afford the new home. And that will involve income for one or both of you, or if you're on your own, just for you. And then it will also involve payment histories and, of course, your, your debt picture. Presuming that's all good, they can qualify you for that nice, lovely condo or home. But if you already have a home, you have to be able to establish that you can either carry two homes, which most people can't, or go ahead and have the process start to sell your home to give some hope to the person you're buying from that you will eventually show up with the money. And the two things that are concerning sellers in that situation are, what is my buyer selling? Is it never going to sell because there's five people on the block selling? They also want to know how soon can you pull this off? For example, we're talking today near the end of July 2018, David, and if I'm going to go out and buy a house, there's no way that I'm going to be able to tell a seller, take my deal because I'm going to get a contract in one week. So it's not going to happen. Even in the hot market, you have to talk with your agent about a realistic time window when you will have a buyer who has completed their home inspection and qualified themselves, for example, to buy your house. And then a second date has to be negotiated for when that deal will actually go to the closing table. And then and only then, on that day or the day after, should you ever agree to buy the second property. Any other scenario, you have to have rich relatives or a bunch of money laying aside where if you go ahead and roll the dice, you will never be able to bring up that you still haven't sold your house. So the point of our podcast today, David, is that in those transactions, as we had one, which I talked to you about, you are sometimes making your life plans where you're going to be in a school district, where your job is, all these things on, a, on the new home, but you're at the, at the risk of activities that are people you don't even know. And what do I mean by that? Well, is the buyer's buyer qualified? Does the buyer's buyer have a good lawyer? Does the buyer's buyer have a good mortgage company? Maybe they're totally moronic. And there you are going along, ordering furniture, doing all these things, getting ready for the wonderful new home. And as it happened to a client of mine earlier in July, two days before all the movers were ready to go, 
we found out that the buyer's buyer was not truthful with their loan officer and never qualified for the home to buy my client's home, and therefore we had to blow up the purchase. Unfortunately, that seller had already closed on their own property, hoping our client was going to buy. They never talked to their attorney about how it all worked, and so they had to call in all kinds of 401k loans and all kinds of nonsense because they, in fact, had gone and rolled the dice thinking we were a sure thing. So again, even though you're under contract, by all means, unless you have rich relatives and a lot of cash on the side, never let a realtor talk you into buying without the closing on the sale of your present home. Not just a real estate contract, but make it contingent on a contract and a closing. Otherwise, you'll be in financial disaster and probably end up in a therapist's office somewhere. And, and that's important. So here, I, I'll give you a perfect example. Dave, you're selling your house, right? And you're waiting for me to buy your, to buy your house, right? But you go right. ahead and buy another house, <laughs> right? Assuming that... Thinking you're a great guy because you're David Hochberg. Right, right. and I'm going to have, have a mortgage set up. But I, David Hochberg, leave something out and don't tell my loan officer something very important that would disqualify me to get a loan. Okay. In which, in my case, that went nuclear, by the way. Right. The buyer, that buyer got bad advice on how soon they could buy a home. Their loan officer did not know the bankruptcy rules and was counting the wrong date right. of how soon they could buy. We also had one a couple of years ago where it's something we talk about on the show at least a couple times a year, David, where the people in the foreclosures think, oh, I went to court in June. Well... That's not the starting date. The starting date, as we know, is the day that the sheriff gets your name off the house after your foreclosure. So that's another one we had a couple of years ago where the days weren't counted right. But go ahead, brother. Yeah, no, they, and, and that's important. So make sure before you buy your next home, it's a domino effect, Dave. We talk about it all the time. You need to have the funds from your home in order to go buy another home. And don't assume that everything's going to go smooth. People have accidents. People lose their jobs. People get their salaries cut. People People, get divorced. They get divorced from the stress of the home buying process. People get, people die. Okay. People change their mind about selling their homes. We had that one with, um, with the radio personality sister loan was clear to close. (laughs) We're scheduled for Thursday. They just changed their mind. Seller was like on Tuesday, I'm not selling my house. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm not selling my house. So guess what? We had to start all over again, right? Sign, sign the purchase contract. Everything was done. And this is after many plans are made and many moving trucks, inspectors, lawyers. Yes. Ah, It was exhausting. So, and the word to the realtors, by the way. Do not leave that up to the attorneys to figure out the timing. You guys are in the business of buying and selling homes. When I get contracts and they're left blank, I've had contracts this summer, David, where they have put in contingent on sale of buyer's home, and everybody initials it, but none of them have the ability and or desire to put in those two magic dates. They go, let the lawyers work that out. We have no idea. We don't even know what the houses look like. You got to tell us the day the buyer's going to get under contract. Sometimes we need an extension on that. And by the way, if your seller has another offer after you sign, if you come to them later and say, you know, I need more time to sell, you're going to get the heave ho because they're going to go ahead and go with the person now who's come to them and it's all legal and fair. You are not moving to 272 Elm anymore because somebody came in who doesn't need to sell and they've been laying low in the weeds waiting for you to call and say, I need two more weeks. 
When you do that, you just lost the house. Right. And it's totally legal. They're going to give you your money back, your earnest money, but you're not going to get your lawyer feedback. You're not going to get your appraisal feedback, all the things you've spent. Telling all your family where your new house is, having a party already. The bottom line is, agents, please fill both those dates in. We cannot we cannot figure those out as attorneys. Got it. And the second thing that you wanted to talk about had to do with, I forgot already, so please refresh No, it's legal that. education for the public, again, and also the agents. I have a, a few top couple misimpressions that buyers have on the inspection process, and I've got a couple misimpressions. In fact, on the next time we're together, David, live, we're going to go ahead and talk about this one, misimpressions that sellers have on the inspection process. Let me start out about the buyers. The buyers are told by incompetent agents, go with the higher price, even though it's going to be hard, because we're going to get you a lower price through the inspector. That is total realtor malpractice. And what they end up doing is wasting everyone's time because the inspectors will always have a list. David, if they bought your house, even though everybody on the show has done work at your house and my house, we both have used all of our partners on our show and we have great houses, an inspector would still find a 10-page list on our homes. And so what happens when the brokers have told their buyers, oh, go 299 even though you only want to go 289 we'll get them back the other 10 on your inspection. Never take that advice. In fact, run away from that agent immediately and get a new one because that is the worst thing. As lawyers, we are on to that process. When I represent a seller, and let's say it is $289.9, and I get a letter from an attorney with a 42-page inspection that says, please provide $20,000 discount, I know that they have been told that the inspection is a tool for renegotiation. And I'm telling the public now, that is not a proper tool. You will lose that house so fast you won't even see it because sellers are wise to it. Now, if the inspector finds, for example, that the bathroom fan is not vented to the attic, well, that's a time bomb. That needs to be fixed. If they find a gas leak in the hot water heater that was about to kill everybody, that should be fixed. If they find a roof leak in the attic because no one knew about it because it hasn't made it into the bedroom yet, that'll get fixed. But all the other nonsense about garage door squeaking, patio door doesn't close well, stairs should be a different height for each stair, the deck looks kind of old, the outside siding needs to be stripped and removed and replaced with brick, all these things that we see, those are renegotiating tactics and totally inappropriate. Now, the second misimpression the buyers have is that they will lose their money if they ask to get out of the deal. And I want to tell everybody, if you have a good lawyer, they'll make sure. And if you start running out of time, a good lawyer will act on a daily basis. My staff calls my clients that are buying. Hey, your deadline is today. Do you need more time? Because sometimes the guy can't make it or he's on vacation or whatever. So we go ahead and push those dates out. As long as you do everything by the rules, if you disapprove the property based on the results of the inspection, you get your earnest money back and you can start looking for another house. Now, on the seller's misimpressions, first one is that they, in fact, have to agree to a bunch of baloney that comes up because their agent goes, well, you know, everybody's going to ask for the same thing. That's not true. Each deal, if you've got a buyer, I have one right now where the buyer came up 50000 yesterday, David, on my guy's home because his aunt is on the same street and he needs to take care of that aunt. So even though he was ready to hit us up about repairs. He actually is going to eat 50 grand in repairs and still close because he has to live on that street. 
So you never know just because the inspection might have a list that you have to roll. The other thing is when your agent starts pressuring you to roll, you need to ask your agent, how many closings have you had this month? And if they say, this is my only one, that's why they're telling you to roll, because if your deal dies, they're not going to get a commission. Now, none of our agents on the show act like that, but these are other people. Now, the second misimpression sellers have is they feel they have to provide every buyer a laundry list. And this is the one we're going to talk about next time we get together in person. A laundry list of everything they've fixed since they've owned the house. The Illinois Disclosure Act says this, that if a seller reasonably believes that a prior repair did what it was supposed to do, for example, the air conditioning breaker in the summer used to always trip. You got it fixed. Your air conditioner got fixed and you've got the new circuit breaker. You don't have to tell the buyer, by the way, we used to have that turn off all the time. No one wants to hear that. Or they say, you know, that one gutter, before we extended the gutter, the TV room downstairs had an inch of water. You don't have to talk about that because if you've already got the longer gutter and it doesn't go by the house anymore and it doesn't leak in the basement anymore, you don't have to disclose. So any prior problems of which you have, and it actually uses the word, a good faith basis. What does that mean? A paid bill by Permaseal, a paid bill by JC Restoration, a paid bill by Lindholm Roofing fixing the roof, and it hasn't done it again, you don't have to bring that up. So I just went through that on Monday for a half an hour with a guy who was very paranoid because he heard about a guy getting sued. I said, that was a dumb suit. Somebody should have never, his buddy had fixed the house, but somebody still sued him. And they said, oh, no, what are we going to do? Again, I'll take that case all day. If I've got a seller with a paid receipt, and it was for the exact item that the buyer now sell broke again. As long as on the time they sold and went to contract, it hadn't done it anymore, which is common sense. Otherwise, you have to do a 10-page printout on my house because I've lived in my house for 30 years. So I've got a whole list of things I've done. So hopefully that helps our sellers, Dave, have some clarity about their obligations. All right. If people want to reach you, my butt, my, my good friend. Uh, in yes, order 33 to... years of helping buyers and sellers all throughout Northern Illinois. We're always on a flat fee unless you're building a $2 million custom home. Then we'll talk about something else. And my website is schluterlawoffice.com, S-C-H-L-U-E-T-E-R, lawoffice.com. I'd love to help anybody. And if you want to call before you've actually hired your attorney and interview me, I'm totally fine to tell you how my staff and I work. We have a lot of happy, satisfied customers. Thanks for calling in, buddy. I really appreciate you sharing your experience and your stories. And uh, I know it's valuable to me, and I'm sure it's valuable to our listeners. This has been the Biggest Winner Podcast. My name is David Hochberg. If you want more information about Team Hochberg Services, uh, you go to WGNDavid.com. That's WGNDavid.com. Thanks for listening. Keep listening to The Biggest Winner with David Hochberg.